Good afternoon. It is July 6, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Levinos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? I am back in America. I am back in Connecticut. I flew in yesterday, got in at nighttime, then this morning, made the uh, the final drive from Massachusetts to Connecticut. I've only been home for about two hours, but one of the first things that we have to do is we have to talk basketball. I was in Europe for two plus weeks and I got an idea. I got like the general picture of what happened, but I really need you to, you know, hold my hand and walk me through it. You were really helpful the first day of free agency. Uh, I woke up and there was like 17 messages from you on all, all the players and where they're going. I, I was listening to all the, the podcasts that I normally listen to, but I, I'll have to tell you when you're riding in Europe, it is totally different riding than you do here in America. There are way less rules. Uh, it's a lot more aggressive. So there's a lot of times that the podcast is on, but I did not retain any of the information. <laughs> so there's also been, my days were very full. I was not on Twitter very often. Uh, and then I was also having, I feel like, dreams that were very realistic. So that, like, I'm going to need help knowing what, moves actually happened and which ones I just dreamed happened which ones were, were fake outs which ones uh are, are still going to happen well I'm only gonna be able to fill you in so much here because I was only able to keep track of so much as well I I got it all and it, the thing is even trying to keep you updated at the time things we could constantly develop or trades would involve more teams or more stuff and then more information would come out and then once moves were made guys would sign for different amounts to restructure contracts so a lot has happened the funny thing I just heard you saying that is like you've already dated yourself, man. Nobody uses Twitter anymore either. It's it's threads now. That's that that's that was the thing that I saw today. I'm just saying, I you know the jokes. Uh, oh hey, well, uh, Twitter's going down, and so I'm headed over to threads where it was. I feel like it was like a month ago. Everyone was like, oh, Twitter's gonna die. We're going to Mastodon. It seems like every other month there's another site, and all the the media people are trying to jump ahead to make sure if that is the new site that they have a a way to attract their fans. So. Have you have you tried out threads? Do you, do you know anything about it? I haven't tried out threads. I'm very much not an active Twitter user. If you see me tweeting anything on any of our accounts, I assure you it was automated. It was not manual in any way. That being said, throughout free agency and throughout the draft, it's by far the best source of finding the information and getting all of the details because that's where Woj, that's where Shams, that's where everybody's originally posting. And if you're on another platform, they're just reposting from that platform. So... Throughout the past couple of weeks and all the free agency here, I have been on just Twitter and it's been rough, man. Like I've it's it's frozen a whole bunch. It's crashed a whole bunch to the point where your home feed wouldn't reload new tweets. But if you went to somebody's specific page, it would show you that like two minutes ago, Shams just posted this, but it won't show up in your feed. This happened a whole bunch. So the t you didn't really like, get the delay of anything because you were already at a completely different time zone of all, but there are there are times where I was like, I think this move has happened, but I don't know if it's happened. And then it's like you go check. It's like okay, it happened. Like all of Twitter's talking about the rumor, but the official thing wouldn't load in my feed. So I, I got my own beef with Twitter. I don't miss any of it. I'm happy that majority of this stuff is over, and then I don't have to be on it anymore. The comment central part of it is just nerve wracking. But yeah, all right, that's that's my my Twitter ramp of that. But the real podcast is going to be about all of the moves, all of the drama, all of the players that are in new homes. All some of the players that didn't find any homes, and how about we just start with some of the good news, some of my favorite moves of the offseason so far. Now, 
these teams maybe haven't done or may have done other moves that I disagree with, but I'm I'm just gonna list off a couple signings. My favorite signing of the whole offseason, I, I bet you're not you're not gonna get you wanna take a guess? Do you think you think you can guess? Offseason re signing. Stayed with his team. Oh, oh, re signing. Um Kyrie Irving. Nope. 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 No, no. I talked you to get it was it was Nas Reed. He was the early one. Three or forty two. I thought that was okay. I really right, that's down the way. Really like the Nas Reed signing. That's my favorite. I mean, one. anytime you can lock up and have three centers on a team, I mean you just you just have to do that. So yeah, I could see where you're coming from there. All right. So you're already you're already playing a little head into some of the categories I broke down here. So I broke down <laughs> I have I have seventeen teams written down here and some of the moves that they've made, and I've categorized all of them by my favorite moves, moves I think you had to make. Moves that I think I would just do, like, all right, that's fine. Just do it. And then questionable signings. And where do you think Kyrie Irving fell? Uh, move you had to do. Move you had to do. I actually didn't have him there. I, I think it was a move that you had. Yeah, yeah, move you had to do. Move that I had to do. I had other guys that I do like some of their other signings. I think that's where I had him in another category there. But Kyrie, for sure, is a questionable. I think you have to do it. I think you don't have a choice out of it. You don't have any other way to capitalize this so that you've already given up so much for it. But uh, all right, a couple other moves that I did like. I liked that John Collins finally got out of Atlanta and that Utah Danny Ainge was once again able to basically get him for nothing. I thought that was an excellent move. I thought the Phoenix Suns getting Eric Gordon for nothing was also an excellent move. And I thought the Clippers re-signing Russell Westbrook for two years and $10 million, and maybe a little bit of change there somewhere, was also just an awesome move where – I'm hearing guys getting so much money, and then I hear these guys getting next to nothing. Which guy would you rather rather add to your roster right now? Would you rather be adding a huge contract with some of these guys? Or some of the guys I just mentioned were, sure, definitely on the back end or maybe not in the prime or not in their best shape or the, the most you can get out of this. But you're not paying them anything, and they didn't cost you anything. It, Westbrook, for $10 million, it, like that is very reasonable. I think you know he's probably uh, you know, underpaid at that, where him at $40 million, it's like, ooh, ooh, that that's that that's not good. So I think that is going to work out. I mean, finally, John Collins is out of there. It sounded like he was handling it as well as you could, but every every offseason, every trade deadline was Atlanta is looking to move John Collins. Like that just can't be fun. Can't be fun, and the the value would always fluctuate. Where early on it was, no, we think we can get more for him, and then later it was like, that's all we can get for him. And what did it end up being? Was it was it a second round pick, or did they have to package a second round pick with them to like? It was almost like, please just take him off our hands. I believe it was an exchange of some picks, and the Atlanta Hawks got Rudy Gay out of it, which I think was expiring. So maybe they freed up some cap space. I think that was the the intention of the move was basically just to free up cap space. I, I don't think they got any return really for him. Like I said, there's a Danny that, Ainge that's robbery. That's what was it? Yeah, like you, you said, it's just basically a, a, a giveaway of just. Yeah, you know, th- this was the the best deal, which makes sense why he didn't get moved because they were asking for more, and this must just been the the bottom of the barrel, and finally just said, "All right, we're get rid of him." Well, the Phoenix Suns were also busy the off season here. It wasn't just Eric Gordon that they were able to sign for nothing. I mean, they they do the huge trade already with the. Uh, I still Beal. don't get why the Clippers uh, waived him. They are trying. Would they have been able to trade him for something? I think he was a. Uh, I think he was an unrestricted free agent, and I think that they. I, I actually think he turned down more money. I think he just chose Phoenix, man. I think he had other offers. Like he just chose Phoenix 
for no money. Like, I, it might not, maybe the Clippers did try to do it, and then he was just like, no, I don't want to do this. But they they do a whole bunch of other moves, too. They, they get the Yuta Watanabe from, from Brooklyn over there for a little bit, try to bring him back. I, he played with Kevin Durant in the, the Brooklyn years or months or however long that ended up being. They signed Damian Lee again. They get Josh Okogie again. They, get, they signed Drew Eubanks. I mean, I don't know. Half these guys are barely in any of the rotations last year, and they're really just banking on Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton somehow just carrying this entire team. You know, guy leaves uh, out of the country for a little bit. Apparently his phone just, just stops working all of a sudden. Got those uh, international minutes trying to work locally here. All right, we'll get Zach on it at some point eventually here. This is going to be a bit of a solo try until we do that. So you may hear me trying to get a hold of him in the background here. Uh, but speaking of some other moves that did happen and some of the rotations of some of these players, I think one of the most fascinating and interesting ones was the Golden State Warriors who fall into the I-think-you-have-to-do-this sort of situation, re-signing Draymond Green and making the move to add Chris Paul. It cost him Jordan Peele, but, or Jordan Poole, who, as you can remember of last year, was the big storyline of not getting along with Draymond Green and the physical altercation that was leaked. Draymond's for sure a key part and a part I don't know if they can necessarily move on from. I don't think he'll be worth the four or three years or whatever they ended up giving him, but if you're... If you have Steph Curry and you have most of the pieces you've had in the past, you have a very good chance at winning an NBA championship. And I just don't think you could waste not having Draymond Green and trying to find the chemistry with somebody else or just trying to find the, the guy that Curry wants to play with. I mean, to my understanding, if Curry's green lighting this and Curry's on board, just just do it because you have a chance as long as you have him. And I think re-signing Draymond Green was, was an excellent move. The Chris Paul situation, it'll be fascinating to see how he fits in off the bench. I'm not sure if he's going to play Golden State-style basketball or if he's going to come in off the bench or in moments when Curry sits or starts, is he going to be running pick and rolls? But these are moves that I think they had to do, and in a lot of ways they were trying to rebuild and win a championship at the same time. I think they've made their decision that they are no longer in a rebuild, that they are signing as many old guys as they can, and they are – going for it with the team that has got them there before and hoping for the best results. Uh, another team that kind of just had to take care of business that I think you just had to because I don't know what other options you had, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be running back more or less the same roster of last year. They bring back Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. They sign a couple others. They even bring back Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder getting some, some shots over here. Come on, man. Middleton and Lopez were expensive assets that I don't know if you were going to be able to replace. And if this is at all going to be a podcast at all, he's got to pick this phone up. Um, Robin Lopez and Brooke Lopez will be signing with the Milwaukee Bucks over the offseason here. Two brothers. I'm not sure why Robin couldn't find any love anywhere else. I wish the Celtics had given a look at him because I don't think he was very expensive either. But if you're Milwaukee and if you're a lot of the other teams, I, I think you're looking at all the moves that other teams are making and the moves that you kind of had to make and moves that in just kind of corners that other teams are just stuck in. Everybody thinks that they have a shot going into next year. Every team thinks that this is the year and that they're one move away. And I, I'm fascinated. I, I like I think the real interesting bet isn't going to be who wins it all this year. It's going to be who wins the lottery next year. Like who is the team 
that doesn't think that they're going to be in the playoffs next year. Because a lot of these signings and a lot of these moves are, are even made by like some questionable teams. Like Toronto Raptors, they certainly lose Fred Van Vliet, but they, they signed Jaka Pertl for four years for $80 million, a guy that they traded for last year. And it just makes you wonder with all like the OG and Anobi rumors and trades and all the Siakam trades is like, are you guys rebuilding or are you going for it right now? And, and I don't know if you want to be certainly stuck in limbo. All right. Did we get Zach back? I, I, I think, I think I'm back. Yeah. I was just taking a, you know, a, a little break, you know, it was a little European break. Yeah. Is, is that not normal in the, in, in America? I haven't been around for a while. I, I think they're called siestas. They're, they're, uh, they're very they're oh, all, yeah. only in the, only in the summer and the, in the peak, peak months like this is it really really a requirement here you miss an entire team I already broke down the Golden State Warriors they re-signed Draymond Green they've got Chris Paul and they're doing everything they can because that's all I think they can do and I think they have to do it I think Milwaukee falls exactly into that sim similar situation where you have to bring back Lopez you have to bring back Chris Middleton because I don't know what your other options were and I don't think you really have time to waste a good year of Giannis and a good year of Curry so I think you kind of have to do all of this, but a lot of teams did this and they're not the Golden State Warriors. They're not the Milwaukee Bucks. Like I said, Toronto kind of a weird one with, with Pirtle where I know you gave up something to trade for him last year, but do you really think like you're going to be building the next four years around Jakob Pirtle with, with the guys that you already are flirting out trading? Like, like, I think there's something to be said for the, the Bucks and the Warriors of just keeping the continuity. It's like, are these guys getting a little bit older? Yes. But uh, you know, Chris, Chris Middleton, he, he was dinged up, but if he gets healthy, he, he's 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 gonna be fine. And just the way that the the cap works, of you can resign your own guys. If you don't resign those guys, it's not like you just go and sign the equivalent player from somebody else's team. You're you're losing the asset for 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 nothing. So I think for those teams, I think it's worthwhile. I, I really don't know exactly with a with a Yakupertal situation. There was a ton of rumors for Brooke Lopez going a whole bunch of other places. It seems like Milwaukee kind of had him all along and that he was just maybe trying to get a little bit more money out of it, and, and, and he might have. But as a Celtics fan, I'm just sitting from the outside here being like, yes, just pick anywhere else, and it's just damaging to Milwaukee. Milwaukee bringing everybody back, and I, I just feel like they're 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 back again, and I was really hoping they were going to be damaged in some form of one way or another, and whatever, they're back. Same thing with Golden State. Like It was like, could we just, Draymond, just go somewhere else. Let's just watch this team try and do it without that, and and – you know, maybe it'll be better for all we know, but I, I don't think it would be. And it didn't happen. So I, I was kind of rooting for it. All right. On to the not so fun stuff. And, you know, before we get to the not so fun stuff, let's just do the OK things that like, yeah, that's fine. I'd do that. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. I, I These are fine. I, I don't think these necessarily make you championship teams, but I think given the situation you are, you have to sign Kyrie, like we said earlier. But they get Seth Curry. They get Dante Exum, who hasn't even been in the NBA for the last two years. They re-signed Dwight Powell and they get Grant Williams. That's fine. Those are all, those are all great. Like your team's better. You know, you're rarely ever going to lose games because of all those guys I just I just named, and that's fine. But I don't know. So I don't know if you also necessarily win championships because of any of those names. So sure, you're better, but like, are you better in Denver? Are you better in the Lakers? Like, let's be honest. Like, sure, these these moves, you are a better team. But are you suddenly a championship team because of all this? And like I said, when you're in this limbo, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, what, what is Dallas supposed to do in this situation? Make the, the make the best of what they got, and I think that's what they did here. Just Dante Exum. I mean, how about how far down to the bottom of the barrel are we getting, man? This guy's been out of the league playing overseas the last two years. That that one was a surprising one when when I saw that signing, and it had to do the he he he's been playing overseas, if I'm not mistaken. He was a uh, 
a, a, a top pick when he was picked, but it's like, well, that was a while ago, and he never really, really panned out. Uh, I guess one of the ones that you didn't mention is not a signing, but they did draft uh, Derek Lively out of, out, of, out of Duke, a big center, uh, kind of like a uh, like like a Robert Williams, it, you know, would probably be uh, his ceiling is a, you know, bouncy defender that he, you throw him the lob and he he could throw it down. Uh, rumor is that he can he could shoot threes. That was not his role at all in college, uh, so I don't know. I think that probably won't be his role in the in the NBA either. But could could be something that at least helps you, you know, with the team that's struggling with defense. I think they've already thrown out the defense. I actually think they brought all these guys in because they are shooters. I, th- I think Seth Curry's a shooter. I think Grant Williams is a better shooter for his position than than most guys that they have been playing in the past rosters. So, and Grant Grant can play defense too. I just don't know, like you said, if you're just kind of throwing it out of it, it has to be all of the team. You can't just have it's not like the opposite with offensive. One guy could be awesome at offense and can just take care of the whole team. It's like if one guy's playing really good defense, but the rest of the team is not, it's not really going to be a good team defense. Yeah, so like I said, this is the the meh. This is the yeah. I do that. That's fine. Sure, that's cool. Next, uh, Matt yeah, team. They, they they had to. They had to. Uh, yeah. The only thing with Kyrie is it seemed like it was a lot, but I think Kyrie and his agent knew you you have to resign me so we can tell you what the number is going to be because if you don't, now you're gonna have Luca problems. And it, it was bad enough last year they didn't make the playoffs. You can't miss the playoffs again with Luca on your team. See, I'm not sure they necessarily had to do any of this. And I know it feels like that, and, you, and you're going for it right now, but based on the team that was out there last year, the strategies that you were trying to accomplish with just Kyrie and Luka, it didn't seem very groundbreaking, and it seems like we're just going to try to hope that that works better again this year with just a couple better pieces, and, and it might, but I, I would have looked into, and I'm sure they will look into if this gets sloppy early, of, of moving on from Kyrie and just... I'm not trading Luca, but maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm answering the phones. Like some of the trade values out here of what you could possibly get back were outrageous a year ago. Like I, I I'm not saying you should trade Luca, but if the gold bear price suddenly comes out again, I, I think yeah, that was I, last year. I think I think you suddenly be like, okay, look, are we going to try to run this back with Luca and Kyrie, or can we take an offer like a gold bear accepting offer and 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 really just start over again? Because the chances of this working, I just don't think is very good. And you're just doing it because it's better than rebuilding. I think it would, be, it would be a mistake to do that. To, to trade Luca. Yes, because the whole idea, okay, we're going to try to restart, is then you're trying to get another Luca. You know, he's a, a, an elite player. He's he's young. If he demands the trade and you have to do it, uh, you know, that's like a last-ditch effort. But I think you do everything you possibly can to put the guys around him and make that work rather than do that that offer where you're, you know, you're the Utah Jazz who are hoping, you know, at some point to get a Luca. I, I just think it's so risky to do that. For sure risky, but you could be in a situation where you're Portland now and you just never have enough pieces to get a true number two for like along Damian Lillard because you keep compromising these trades one after another, doing the best that you can to get a, a number two that just isn't qualified enough. And I just feel like that's what Luca's been in. Like, I like Porzingis. I like Kyrie. I just don't think that these are enough to go with Luca with the, what you surrounded with them so far. And I, and I don't know how you get out of that and eventually just get to the situation that Portland's in right now where they're they're going to move on from Dame. And and they did everything they could, but they No, were, they're they're not they're not moving on. He's demanding a trade. He's moving on. He's forcing them to to move on. 
Do you want to talk about that now, or should we wait to do that after? Get through all the. We'll, we 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 can we can wait for that. All right, the next meh. The next. I mean, I do. I I love. I like Indiana's moves. They they trade for Obi Toppins for the Knicks. Doesn't cost them anything. Toppins fell out of the lineup. I don't think Tibbs was ever going to play him, so that, that that's part of the the moving on there. I don't think they wanted to pay him. Bruce Brown, two years, ton of money. I just think Bruce Brown's a winner. But again, if you're Indiana, like you were again a better team. But you're not signing Bruce Brown and being like, all right, now we're a threat for the, the conference finals or something. He seems like a guy similar to his role on Denver of good role player for a championship team. I'm not sure if he can get to the next level to on Indiana to be more of a contributor. So I think it might be a uh, might, might be kind of a waste for Indiana. Look, I, I don't think they're going to be uh, anywhere close to a contender next year. I, I love Bruce Brown. If that's the most money you could get, man, you earned it. Like you. Oh you no, yeah, no, way I, more I on Indiana that. side than on his yeah. side. Oh yeah, for him, yeah, you, you're you get offered that kind of money, you play wherever wherever that is. You know, you got the ring already. You got a chance to play a whole lot more. Take the money for the two years if you really want to be on a competitive team again, or perhaps something in Indiana is growing here. These aren't bad moves. Like I said, I like these moves. It's just when I look at all the other moves that the better teams made, it's like, well. How much closer do you think you really got here? Because the other teams did did similar stuff, and they were better than you to begin with. And th- there's so many what ifs. And like I said, there's so many teams just going for it right now. All right, the last team that I says meh, or that I would just do that, is the Los Angeles Lakers. There's a lot of good in here. I'm just trying to hate on all of it and make it sound like I wouldn't want any of these guys in my roster. But I think for the price tag of every single one of these guys, I, I would do it for the situation that they're in. And then it's. It's really favorable, I think, for a lot of them. I'm, I'm terrified that they're bringing back Rui. They they signed Jackson Hayes. I think Torian Prince is a really good fit role player. They get Gabe Vincent, who we just saw in the NBA Finals. Austin Reeves is back. Cam Reddish is joining the party. Which there's been flashes of Cam that's been looked really good, if you ask me. And then he kind of falls out or fizzles out, and then falls out of the lineups with with coaches. I think there's a chance here where Cam, if he is very similar to Rui and all these guys, and then just kind of get coached by LeBron, play with LeBron a little bit. I'm sure there'll be a couple times he gives them some dirty looks. But if you if you can grow through all that, you, you could really become somebody, and maybe you get paid like all the other guys that got paid for playing with LeBron last year. So if I'm Cam Reddish, this is this is a great opportunity, and I, I, I kind of like all the moves. They're, they're nothing that I think make you drastically better, but I, I don't think – I think they're a lot more reliable than they were last year. I'll say that. I think all these moves are way more reliable guys than what they did last year, and they fit a lot better than – you know, say a Russell Westbrook, which is what they, they tried to do before. This was four quarters for the dollar of Russell. I would rather have the four quarters here. Uh, any any thoughts on the Lakers? The only real rough one is that they do bring back D'Angelo Russell. It, it felt like they almost signed him saying, like, you're going to get traded, but sign this, please. <laughs> and, and and we'll just go from there because I, I, I'm, I don't think he found any love anywhere across the league, and I was shocked that the Lakers even took him, and I, I think he's just – a contract that you could trade and throw into something else, but I, I wouldn't be playing him uh, out, out of all of these. It is one stick out more than another. Like I, the Gabe Vincent one just seems like a killer for me. And they're not going to have Schroeder out there anymore. They're going to have Gabe Vincent. Well, they, they didn't uh, bring back line Walker. He's the one that won a playoff game. It's, that should be a concern. I, I think it's a lot of guys. It's a lot of names that, you know, and I just wonder did any of them actually contribute? Uh, Gabe Vincent had a you know a terrific run, you know shot unbelievable from three during during the playoffs. But before the playoffs, if 
Yeah, you said like, oh, the Lakers have got Gabe Vincent. I mean, I don't think that really moves the needle for you. No, but I, I, I think it moves the needle a little bit more than than like uh, Dennis Schroeder would or D'Angelo Russell would, and that it's just there's kind of a, a little bit more trust I think in this guy, and there's a lot more upside with this as well that we saw just happen in the playoffs. There's just a consistency with them where they're not negatives. Like I think all these guys aren't turnover machines. I think they take care of the ball. I think they can be role players. I think they've even been role players of the past. Like, Gabe Vincent's not coming into L.A. being like, all right, so I'm the new Jimmy Butler now, right? No. He's like, I get to be Gabe Vincent that I just was on Miami on, on this team now, and this is exactly what this team's looking for. And I think Torrey and Prince are very think similar. He'll start, do you think he'll start over D'Angelo Russell, or do you think D'Angelo Russell won't, won't be there? I wouldn't be. I mean, I don't want to speculate anything i know they just signed him and they didn't have to do this but i wouldn't be shocked if d'angelo russell had a a, a suspicious injury or a, uh, a a planned vacation early on soon where they're just say go home <laughs> go go sit somewhere else but i i wouldn't i wouldn't start d'angelo russell i, I or if i if i did hey, well, if that's the case why wouldn't you why would not you just trade him in the offseason why would you wait till the season started i have no idea i don't know why they resigned him like i, I think they just resigned him because no one else wanted him and they they saw that they could and that they were like, I guess this is better than not having a backup point guard, and that's how I would look at it. But he, he just, he's fallen down from earth, man. I mean, he was, he was a, he's got a huge money max contract guy, like not too long ago. Gets moved around a whole bunch, does the the thing in Minnesota that doesn't work out, and then they try the Laker thing again last year. I just, at some point, at some point, you come crashing down, and then it's just all over. And I'm not saying it's over, but there's a new world for D'Angelo Russell that he should be ready to accept this season. Because I, I think a lot of the other guys they signed are better than him. It, it's it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be tough it's gonna it's gonna be tough. It, but I think you you don't send him home in the summertime if you don't want him trade him if you even if you can't get anything, they like make the move early. I I wouldn't want to go into the season like that. All right, this is. Uh... This is where the podcast gets a little dark here, right? These are the questionable signings. These are the head-scratching ones. These are the ones that I still haven't exactly figured out. They're in no specific order, and neither were the other ones as well. But just to kind of start this off with questionable signings, if you are the Chicago Bulls, you're just a Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, and Kobe White away from uh, really competing out there, right? This is this mm-hmm. is what we really need to be doing. They're saying Javon, Javon Carter for three years, who, I, again, a player I like, but... I'm not sure who they were bidding with. I'm not sure why they felt like they had to lock him into this many years. And they do still have the Lonzo situation that they, they got a bit of a deal with him not playing this year. And it's it's speculative that he might not ever actually play again. That's That sucks. But I don't know if they, I would have just immediately overreacted and said, okay, so we're going to sign Kobe White to three years and Javon Carter to three years because Lonzo may or may not come back. But at least we'll have these guys. It sounds like he's not. I think they already got uh... – injured player exception because he's not going to play this year i thought that was just for this year though don't they still have a chance with like he's still under contract like he can he doesn't have to pay him oh, this you year. Mean, oh you mean oh you mean after this yeah year. well they signed these guys for three years what, that's what i'm saying are they planning on lonzo not coming back in the next three years and when he does come uh, back how is he gonna play with, with these guys like they you don't you can't play all these guys at the same time is what i'm saying and it's i don't know what you do with lonzo then so like do we just wave him or, or we just we, we hold on to him and hope that these guys then come off the bench for Lonzo in two years. I just I wouldn't have I wouldn't have made the moves. I, I I understand just getting value of certain guys, but again, if you're the Bulls, where are you at this point? Are you 
Are we are we competing for a championship? Are we tanking? Or are we middle of the pack? And they just stayed in the middle of the pack, if you ask me. So, and the bottom, I'd say the bottom middle of the pack. I, I, you, this is this is a this is a play in team or a team that just misses the play in. What I will say is Chicago did beat a lot of good teams last year when they did have a they, point uh, guard. They re-signed Vooch too, right? They did sign Vucevic, which which is a good yeah. deal. They got Vooch under a good deal, though. That, that was a good deal for Vooch. I would have done that, and I think they should do that. I think it's movable. I think it's it's just it's easier it's easier to move. I'll, I'll say that. The only bright side I will say for Chicago is that they can look to some games last year where they really competed against teams that were above 500, like really good teams, and they had a good record against them. And those were games where they had, like, Patrick Beverly out there. And I think Javon Carter and Kobe White and Torrey Craig will be probably a little bit more effective than, than Patrick Beverly out there. And perhaps that's all they just need is just another point guard out there. And even Pat Fev made it work a little bit. So uh, maybe maybe they're not that far away as I, as I think. They are just they just need that position filled. And I just don't think those are the guys to fill it. And I don't know if you're any closer. And now you're, and now you're locked into it, too. There's I don't know I, how you get out of it. I don't like it when you re-sign guys on a team that wasn't good. I mean, if they're young guys, you know, I get it, but just, I, I, I don't know. You, it seems like you're just locking yourself into, unless there's a huge improvement, and I just don't see that coming. All right, next one, head-scratching one. Again, no no specific order here. We're going to stay within the division. And I'm going to say the Cleveland Cavaliers, they give Max Struess a ton of money that I know they had to outbid a bunch of other teams. I just thought that was a trap and that a great player, but, you know, like Joe Harris kind of got this, a similar contract. It felt like too long ago. Like what what happened to him? He got moved around like three times this weekend. And I just if you look at Cleveland and you look at the problems that they had, despite the success of the regular season, the moves that they made this offseason don't address any of the problems that they had, where they didn't have guys that were able to score. Max Drews, Karis Levert, and George Niang are not suddenly going to give you the offense. And and you're not just like one Max Drews spacer away. It feels like you have real rotation problems where. You have two bigs in Mobley and Jared Allen that just don't work offensively, and none of the guys you just signed right now fix any of that. So I'm scratching my head being like, sure, good move, but again, like you said, we're re-signing guys basically and running back the same problems that we had last year without making any sort of adjustment here. So I know a lot of teams wanted Max Struess, and I'm sure Max Struess was a good free agent this year. I just I don't see how this makes Cleveland better. Uh it's funny because I, I also agree, but also I think it makes uh, Miami worse. So I, I like it. <laughs> Doesn't improve one of the East teams and makes one of the other East teams worse. Sure. So, all right, next one. Head scratching one. I got the Denver Nuggets on here, man. They, they signed Ooh. Reggie Jackson for two years. He didn't even play a minute last year in the playoffs. I, I don't know why. The other guys they signed, Justin Holiday for a year. And they end up having DeAndre Jordan for like another two years too. It just you are the championship. Guys are gonna follow you. Guys want to come here. And and I'm not saying like Reggie Jackson isn't the type of guy that would follow and kind of chase a ring chase right now. But there was a lot of other guys out there too. You know, it wasn't like well, I guess it's just Reggie for us. But all right, that's fine. I and you know they lost Bruce Brown uh, to, to Indiana. They they probably lost a couple other players that I'm forgetting right now off the top. But it just. Not saying you need to make any moves, but if you had to make a move, I don't see Reggie Jackson as like the great locker room guy that our team's really missing and needing. So, just just a little head scratching. Just it's it's a weird uh, maybe, one. Maybe, maybe he is really good in the locker room, and so they said, "Hey, yeah, we want a championship. He was integral to that. We want to keep him around." 
You're right. I know I said these weren't in any order, but these last two are by far the most egregious. Uh, can uh, can I guess? Uh, yeah. All right. There's there's two teams and there's three players. Is it uh, the Houston Rockets signing Dylan Brooks? It's the Houston Rockets signing Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet. Ooh. Okay. All I right. I got them both. Yeah. I I wasn't confident enough to to go with the Fred Van Vliet, but uh, he's he he would be in the the head. Not yeah. Maybe maybe not quite head scratching, but definitely in the hmm category for me. I think at some point you become an awesome. If you're one of these undersized point guards like Van Vliet, you you get to a point where you 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 earn this contract, and I think teams are they're not willing to give it to you as much because I think the long term threat of you being short or maybe not having the the physicality long enough to to last through it is is certainly in jeopardy. But I think there's also just a lack of so many homes for these guys to go, and and I think there's certain teams that just feel like we have to get one of these guys and. That's where Houston kind of fell in, but they have so much youth over there that I don't know why they felt the need to add Dylan Brooks to the to all of this. Where I like, why is why is Dylan Brooks going to play over some young guy? I want to take a little victory lap here because I was the one at the end of the season when it really imploded for him in Memphis, and there was jokes about, oh, he better learn Chinese because he's going to be playing for the Sharks, and saying, guys, settle down. He is still going to be playing in the league. And then he gets this contract. I, it was higher than I was expecting, but he's not even close to a, this is a going to have to play overseas guy. I don't think it's a tradable contract, which is one reason why I wouldn't have given it to him. Because it's like, what are you hoping for for Houston this year? That the rookies are like, okay, coming off the bench and that the young guys are like, yeah, we really want to follow our leader, Dylan Brooks, that can't shoot and kind of gets us in weird situations all the time. Or like, like, what is if you're Houston? What are you hoping for? Like, what you're not going to be that good this year. The, the Bruce Brown and or not Bruce Brown, Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet do not make this team like immediately competitive. If you ask me, like, if anything, I think I, this team's worse. They, it, it's going to be a lot on Ime to figure it out, but I think the can you you have to you have to do it right where you, you make sure that these guys aren't taking time away from the young guys that you think are going to be better. But also, we've been talking, saying, hey, Houston was a little bit of a mess last year. They kind of need some adults in the room to start showing you, hey, okay, you don't just roll the ball out and do the best you can. Okay, we're trying to head in the right direction. So I don't want to just say it's completely head-scratching and completely just, oh, this is terrible, because you got you got to get who you can get. But I, I, I just... I don't know if Dylan Brooks is the best for all the <laughs> all, all these young guys, as well as Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet last year. No one in the league shot that shot as many times as they did shot a worse percentage, and now they're both on the same team. Probably, especially with Dylan Brooks. Now, I mean, what was he? The fourth offensive option last year, and now he's going to be on a team where he's expecting, oh, <laughs> now it's Dylan Brooks time. Now I'm how, really going to start shooting. How is this not going to implode, though? You're telling me that these rookies that are coming in that – honestly are naive enough to not know better are just going to be sitting there watching this guy brick every single shot or watching Van Vliet just chuck up another deep three from his five, seven frame. And, and they're just going to be okay with it and be like, yeah, no, he knows best. You know, th these are the guys we really want to follow. I'm just telling them they're going to, they're going to lose their mind. They're going to be like, how am I not playing over these guys? And how are these guys making so much more money than me? I, I, yeah. I, I just, that just seems inevitable to me. And that's what the risk of bringing in the adults at this price cost you like i'm all for it but i would have just signed like joe Ingles and 
I don't know, sign Demarcus Cousins more to a ten day like, contract. Like just bring him in temporarily. Like more, more like role role type players rather than former former all stars. I don't know. The other dumb thing that they did, I, I forgot his name, but they traded the uh, Kenyon Martin's uh, son uh, to the Clippers. Kenyon Martin Jr. Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, great, great deal for the the Clippers because I actually thought out of the guys in the the dumpster fire of Houston last year, he actually got better and and showed something. So that that was good value of them. I don't know why they got rid of him. I I would have held on to him. So just just ripping Houston every way I can because it's not even Emei hate. Like I think Emei it can make garbage look pretty good. I just. This is going to be interesting to see how he plays with all this and how he's going to control the locker room because I can already hear it right now. All these guys are going to be all over on Twitter the trashing them on their fake accounts saying Van Vliet can't shoot and Dylan Brooks is trash. It's already happening. All right, last team, and this is going to transition well into kind of the more talk after this. It's my least favorite signing of the whole summer, and and it, it comes with context as well. All right, it, It's the Portland Trailblazers signing Jeremy Grant, of which they signed Jeremy Grant to like the super, super ultimate max days before Dame decides that he is going to request a trade and that he wants out. And they don't have to do the Jeremy Grant signing either. Like They could still get out of it. It's it's a little bit in bad faith, but you know how it's like we agree to it on this day and nothing's official till that day. Yeah, they, they, had, the... they had time until that day to, to just give everybody a chance to get out of here. Because if you're Jeremy Grant as well, when you were signing that, you were told, we're going to try to make this work with Dame. Dame has said nothing. If anything, the report is, I want to stay. I want to stay. I don't want to leave. I want to do it here. And Grant signs it and takes the money, which, again, shout out to you, man. Get your get your bag. I, I'm not getting on you for that. I just, if you're Portland right now, and you're not, and you're going to move on from Dame because he's moved on. Why are we signing Jeremy Grant still? Like, why, why are we doing this? Why are we locking ourselves into him for this long when this is Scoot Henderson's team? This is very much like Jeremy Grant is going to play over somebody that shouldn't be, that should be playing. Some other, some other rookie should be playing. I don't know what you're doing I, here. I and I, I didn't think he played well enough last year. He was he's definitely on a West Coast, not good team. So I watched very few Portland games, but. Nothing that I was hearing or seeing was saying, yes, we definitely have to lock this guy in. The only thing I can think of is they knew, ooh, Dame's not happy. Okay. I don't know if he likes them or just like, hey, like, no, we're serious. We're serious. We'll spend money, whatever we got to do. And clearly that was not, not, not the answer. Well, let's just kind of transition all of this into just the Damian Lillard talk right now, which he has requested a trade. He has requested to go to Miami. The Miami package has been offered and framed and phrased in as many ways as you possibly can to just make it sound as appealing as possible. And it's it's honestly just not good enough for me. I if I'm Portland It's I, not even close. I'm I'm not even gonna get into the the player value of it all. I'm if just if you're Portland right now, let's just rewind the clock and just talk a little bit of how we got to the situation that we're in and why we're in the situation that we're in. They've had Dame Lillard for an extended period of time. There have been some ups. There have been a lot of downs. The ultimate reason why I think it has never worked with Dame is I don't think he's ever had a good qualified number two, and he's never had one single good big man. But what about CJ McCollum? I'll give you the I'll give you CJ, but he's never had a good big man really to to accompany. Lamarcus Aldridge. I wouldn't despise. I wouldn't describe him as certainly in his prime or as a force or something that you certainly had to had to reckon with. And then uh, he was. He, he did was, leave. He was pretty close. He was pretty close when when he was there. Sure. All right. So the, the I'd say that's probably the most success they had is, is maybe when Lamarcus was there and when McCollum was there. Either way, successful but not successful enough. Those teams weren't competing for a championship. I'm sure they got real close, or you thought they got close, but they really weren't. 
So if you ask me, the problem with this team is that they still need a big man, and they haven't addressed Nurkic at all. All of these trade proposals that I see, of which they receive more guards and more forwards, of which they just signed Jeremy Grant to the biggest contract of the NBA, and they just drafted Scoot Henderson, and the reason that they're want or they're going to move on or Dame has requested a trade is because they don't think Anthony Simons, <laughs> Damian Lillard, and Scoot Henderson can play together. Why the hell are they trading for more guards then? You have to get a big back. If they trade Damian Lillard and they don't get a big back, it's going to be the stupidest move ever because if it's not good enough to work with Dame, why the hell would it work any better with younger guys and a rookie Scoot Henderson? They have to get a big guy back. I'm astounded by the amount of offers that I, and rumors that I see here of which they don't get a big back. And I'm sure they called about Bam. We we joked about this last time. Where it's like, I'm sure the world calls about Bam. Everybody would love to have him. You're not getting him. That's not how it works. I think because of all of this, Boston has an excellent chance in getting Dame Lillard. And I'm going to throw in Time Lord in there because I think that's exactly the type of piece that Portland should be trying to get out of this is Time Lord under contract injuries aside it's a good it's a good piece for them defensively it's it's a it's a way better option than Nurkic you're gonna have to fill in some more money for all this you can give them a lot more but I just think if I am Portland that is how I'm going about the strategy of all of this I'm not trying to honor Miami in any way and if there's a third team that can get me a big that I'm happy with cool but that's what I'm working on, and I am astounded that the, the world has not really opened their eyes to making offers like that, thinking that Tyler Hero is somehow going to be a better enough option for all of this. I, that, that's my, my, my Portland rant. I've been holding on to that for two weeks for you, so I hope I nailed it. But that, that's, that's where I I'm love, at. I love it. I, lo- I love the passion. The, my pushback for that is going to be you're talking from a basketball team that is looking to win games and constructed correctly. Are they going to be wanting to win games next year? Or would it be, hey, you know, if we had a big man, that would probably be good. we win more games. But really, it's a they're on the OKC Houston sort of train of, yeah, we're maybe not being Sixers blatantly uh, tanking, but we're not doing everything possible to win. We're looking to get another high draft pick to pair with Scoot. So that's why it's more of a get as many assets as possible not necessarily the correct pieces that would fit on the team next year. Time Lords hurt a lot, you know, that that's like a tanking move right there. I don't <laughs> we would have it would have to be it would have to be Time Lord and uh and Brown. No, I I don't th- I think we could do it without Jalen. We we could keep Jalen, we could keep th- them all. We'd have to give up probably Derek White and Brogdon. I think m- maybe, but I think it's I think it's too much money after we signed uh, Porzingis cuz it's uh, I'm what not saying it? I'm uh, not saying we could do it or that we should do it. It's more of the player circling. Like they should get a center that jumps high and plays defense. All right, <laughs> that's a young guy that does that. that that's well, who I I would be. It's not exactly like uh, Porzingis is an Iron Man. So I'm just hoping that when Time Lord and Porzingis get hurt, it's alternating and not at the same time. I, I'm also not arguing that the Celtics should do this. I'm just saying if I'm Portland and I'm looking that's, at the Tyler yeah. Hero options and I'm saying cool we have another shooter but we have nobody to play defense and we still have Nurkic that can't play big what are we doing it's a a problem you know so and there's there's bigs out there I I the interesting one for me I think is Minnesota where in a lot of ways I think it it Golbert would probably be the the guy I would move but there's no way you can move him after what they gave up last year that's impossible and then you just can't you do you look so silly and then you rotate on like with a with a new with a new ownership group that your first big move and then your second big move is to basically erase the first big move. 
that, yeah. Good luck getting a so, billionaire to do that. I don't think you could do that. So then you go down the list, and they just signed Nas Reed. I, 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 you can't, I wouldn't move him. I would hold on to him. But you know, then there's Carl Anthony Towns, and it's is Carl Anthony Towns make us too good, or does Carl Anthony Towns, like you said, continue to tank? As well as how much better is Carl Anthony Towns than Nurkic? Where we have defensive problems with Nurkic, and we're not really answering any of them. And if anything, we get a guy that wants to shoot even more threes in Carl Anthony Towns. So sure, it sounds well, on. Didn't- a, on a name like paper. Well, did, did, but... Didn't you hear that Carl uh, Anthony Towns, you know, he's he's changed the game. They're going to be talking about it long after he's done, long after he's retired, how Carl Anthony Towns changed, changed the game. You know, winning winning a play-in game, some would say that that's harder than winning a, winning a championship. Put it on a T-shirt. Put it on a T-shirt. I, I hope he just continues to talk. I I love hearing Towns' interviews. I want him to chat all the time. As as much as possible, because eventually this is going to come back around. Like somebody like Webanyama is just going to destroy this guy in a year or so if it, if it doesn't already happen already this year. Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh of Scoot, I mean this is one of the things that uh, is more recent, so really coming in uh, cold. Has he uh, played any summer league games yet? I know that Utah and California had started, but the main one in uh, Las Vegas I think starts tomorrow. But have we have we seen Scoot any Scoot time? I'm I'm on delay on summer league, man. I've been so desperate for treadmill content that I've only been watching oh. one game at a time. So like, I, I okay. like, what's the rush? Like, what do I care who wins? Like, I yeah. just I'm just looking to watch something that I haven't seen before. So I'm getting my way through all of them. I've watched a couple. I I, I but I'm like I said, there's probably been like a okay. dozen games, and, and, and I've only watched like three and, of them. Yeah, and you're able to do that now. Where I think if there's only two games, I think once Las Vegas starts, there'll be like afternoon games and. You you get a little overwhelmed because I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Wemby makes his tab- debut tomorrow, Friday night. So I think that's going to be similar to when Zion made his a uh, uh, debut of uh, you know don't often make a uh, a concerted effort of like I'm going to watch pre or not preseason summer league, but like uh, I might have to set set aside and make sure that I'm, I'm I'm in front of the couch for that game. I I did see some some Chet Holgram games. I I, I was curious for that. Yes. And- Man, he moves. I saw. I saw his well. line. It, it, it looked look good. Uh, I, that injury was. Is it over a year ago now? And they shut him down immediately. Uh, so I'm hoping that he had you know, extra extra time to to recover. I I was impressed with the way he moved. He looked very healthy. He still looks a little more frail than I I would like, but that may just be. The, I heard the body he type. 200 pounds. He put on 12 pounds in the off season, and you actually Whoa. can't see it. He did. Uh, he did form up a little bit more and he's definitely definitely he definitely bit stronger than he was last year for sure watching him dunk and block guys in summer league is i just i just feel like Giannis is gonna break him like if he tries to do that two-handed block somebody's gonna snap him in half but maybe it'll work you know he certainly looks more aggressive out there it, there's a couple head scratching things you pointed out yesterday that keegan murray was playing in summer league what did he end up at 40 points or something like what are we doing here i, I understand I, the I, rules I don't, but... I don't even know i just saw saw him in there and was just wait a minute i i, I love guys that want to play basketball you know they they had to change the the draft rules to force guys to do the workouts so there's it always seems to go towards the less and less basketball but here this guy is he was a starter on a playoff team last year like a pretty good playoff team last year and now he's playing in summer league and he's just putting up points i just see him he basically volleyball spike blocked a guy and just i all right well like, that, i guess that was almost the the reassurance of me being like oh man chat looks strong and then it's like wait a minute who is he doing this against like 
he's going to be able to pin and block a lot of guys in this summer league. And Keegan Murray almost like confirmed he's everything. Good. Yeah, yeah, no, because he, he's, he's he's good. good in the regular NBA. Yeah, well, he plays on a team that made the playoffs, and he, he plays a lot of minutes for them, and they they've won some games with him. Like there's 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 another that's the next level to just a, a summer league expedition game. But uh, all right, I got one more free agent to talk about. He's kind of the other the big the big name here, and there are a couple small ones of who's available and. And if you, you'd want to sign any of them. But the, the last free agent here, I mean, we don't need to – I don't want to do destinations. we got all sorts of time to guess all that. But Dame Lillard and James Harden are the two hot free agents right now. James Harden also opted in, has requested a trade. Uh, my theory with James and what I think Philly's going to do is I don't think they're going to do anything. I think James Harden is going to play at the start of the year, and it'll be curious to see if he does the, the fat shaming all over again of just tanking all over and – I just don't think he has the balls to do it again, and I do think he will get traded, but I don't think he'll get traded before the season. I just don't I don't see the trade out there, and I, I know it's toxic to go into the season for it all, but we just watched Maury do this all over again with Simmons, and if you want to rewind the clock, I know it doesn't look great with Harden right now, but at least Harden's going to play. At least Harden did play last year. Simmons has not played, so I, I'd like to think as much as you're upset with Harden, you kind of still won that deal. And that you have no choice but to win this deal as well. And I don't see a winning deal out there right now. So I think he sits in Philly and just deals with it for we however are, long. We're in prime, prime offseason because yesterday on Twitter, I saw uh, Ben Simmons playing in a, uh, it looked like a, like a rec league game. So we've, we've hit peak and it's just around the corner of, uh, you know, he's starting to look pretty good out there. You know, he's, he's shooting. Yeah, I think that's that's right around the corner. Maybe maybe some workout, uh, you know, in the in the gym, you know, you know the workout gym, not not the basketball gym, just some of some of that too. Like, ooh, yep, yeah. he's on a new new workout routine. He's looking very strong. New diet. I want. I don't want to give this guy a hard time. Like nobody's. I can I didn't wake up today being like, let's let's just trash Ben Simmons. But when he does things like this, it makes me want to wake up and trash Ben Simmons. It's just, hmm. it, it's so frustrating. It's, it's nonsense. And it's, it's pure distractions and bullshit that just seems so manipulative to everybody watching from the outside. Like it means absolutely nothing. I mean, this guy needs Which to play. Like, all, all this is just, just, just play, just play basketball. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Well, at least, uh, at least James Harden well, is who, playing. Who wants, who wants Harden? This is is this the uh, the third time in four years that he's made his intentions that he doesn't want to be on the team anymore. So I'm just thinking, if you're another team, it's like how we're going to keep this guy happy. He's never happy. He literally played with the MVP, played with the MVP, took the Celtics to seven. If he had played better in Game Six or Seven, probably could have could have could have beat the Celtics. I think the other thing but, that's frustrating is they fired Doc Rivers, and what was that over? Well, James, James, is, James doesn't like Doc. James, James wants to run pick and roll more or something. I don't. It was, it was stupid. So they, they move on from him. Which once again, Doc is blamed for blowing a, a three, two, three, one lead or whatever lead. And I just, I would blame Harden entirely. I just, and I know he played well without Embiid early on, and maybe there's some, some juice to that still. But the only team that I kind of keeps circling Harden and all the rumors, and it's, it's the, it's Los Angeles Clippers. I don't know how the deal works or why either side would do it and pairing up uh Westbrook and Harden again yeah and the thing is I think they get to keep Paul George and Kawhi and all this it's, it sounds like it was Terrence Mann really focused around a trade here and that's not great it, I think Nick Batum was in there 
Yikes, that is yeah, that no, is it not was, a lot. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't anything to, to really brag about I mean, about I here. like it because that – it was probably thinking going into this year, all right, Sixers are going to be in the mix with Milwaukee and us of who, who we have to be concerned about. And now they're going to get Terrence Mann and Nick Batum back and some picks or, or something. Just like, well, that doesn't scare me at all. The rumors around the Clippers being aggressive are – fluctuating with the the unknownness of Kawhi and, and Paul George's health they I believe are opening the new arena this year and the rumors are that Balmer refuses to put like a team that isn't at least entertaining or at least sell tickets like he is fully focused on taking over LA he does not want the Lakers to be the main show in town for basketball and it sounds like they're willing to do just about any trade to make that happen and that's the only reason they would have Harden is just the fact that it would be a guy you could put on a name and just entertain and hopefully sell some tickets, but it is not going to be better than the Lake Show in town based on all the deals they made. And I I don't know if I want James Harden. I don't even care what the price is. Like, would you trade? They did this on Simmons and Rasil. I don't even get caught up. But would you trade? Would you take? Would you trade Malcolm Brogdon for for James Harden? I think. I think you. I think for basketball wise, I think yes, but with all of it, with the salary, I would say no, because Harden makes uh, you know a, a ton more money, and but I think as a basketball player, he he's better than Brogdon. I, I don't think I can get any any way around that. I don't know if in a playoff setting, if it, if I like, I but see your argument of him being better, but I don't know but if it's necessarily he, better for our team. All he has to do to 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 impact us positively all he'd have to do is to be better than brogdon he wouldn't have to be old james harden he would just have to be better than brogdon i think that's doable uh he you know we already got all all our other guys so it's just like the the load would be a lot smaller that the, the expectations for sure would be smaller all right a couple well, other i wouldn't want to give up i wouldn't want to give up malcolm brogdon for him for then next year if we're not, if we don't win a championship for them, and say, uh, no, I'm not happy. I, I, you must trade me now. We have no leverage. So then it's now we're not getting a Malcolm Brogdon level player back. But we're getting, uh, you know, a Terrence Mann. It's a mess. All right. So other teams that ha- kind of have stuff to compete with Dame Lillard and James, James Harden here. I mean, Utah can do whatever they want. They have a treasure chest of, of assets. Danny can take. Any one of these guys, they can beat any offer. I, I don't care what other offer there is. They have enough picks and value that they, I think, could steal any of these guys if they wanted to. I don't know if they will, and I don't know if they'll necessarily be the third team to help these guys. Like, who the hell wants to help Miami land Dame right now? Like, like is Danny really going to pride himself on helping Pat Riley? That's not going to happen. So, a couple other teams, like Detroit is another one where I think they have a bunch of young assets. I think they have too many centers and that they may be able to move on and kind of help Portland with the, the th- maybe a three-team where they actually get a big guy, like I said. Like, maybe they end up with Isaiah Stewart or just just something and all of that. Um, Toronto has a lot to offer, but they're, again, I don't I don't know what they're doing, Toronto, right now. Like, I, I think that they think they want to be in the Dame sweepstakes because they want to go for it, but are you are you in the championship sweepstakes? Like, are you in that game? Or where are they? They're very much in the middle to me as well. Like, what, w- what would you do with them? Like, I think they have a ton to offer right now between OG and Anobi and Siakam constantly being in trades. But I don't think either of those guys wants to go to Toronto. 
Is that really... So then you run into like I, you know, I, I demand to be traded, but I don't want to go to these places. And then you let the other team know, yeah, if you trade for me, I'm not going to play. I'm just going to demand a trade from there, or I'll, I'm going to sit. So then it's like, well, why are we going to give up assets for someone that's not going to play? What if it was essentially like a Kawhi Leonard thing, where we're just doing this for one year, man? It's all in for this year. We've done this before. You want to get up and walk? By all means, get up and walk. But like, is a team going to do that? Maybe, but that that seems more of a of a fluke than the rule. I think more often than not, that's this, you're not just going to show up someplace, win a championship, leave the next year, and just that that's how it works. All right, and then the last one I wrote down of I've, I've kind of has some interesting assets that can make an offer is uh, Chicago, but it's a lot of the stuff they just signed, and I don't know when they're going to be able to move all that, but. There's there's certainly money there with a lot of the guys that just gave that you could just package something. It's not it's not great. <laughs> none of these are great. Like none of these like, these aren't that Gobert yeah. exchange at all. And and that's why I kind of feel like there's no way Harden's going to get traded because I don't think Maury's going to get anything back. And Dame, I don't know how he's going to get to Miami without a third team helping them. And I don't know why a third team would want to help them. Like even even if it helps you, it helps Miami so much more than even the slightest bit. It's going to help you as a third team here. Like I don't know what. What guy's got the worst contract in the world that they just want to get off of it that they're willing to help Miami and Portland here? I, I don't I don't know what that is and I don't know how it's gonna help, but I wouldn't be shocked if all these guys are back next year and I mean would you be shocked? Uh yes. I, it, every every time a player is demanded a trade, uh, a team is always caved. Dame Dame got real aggressive with the goodbyes on like day two after saying it. He was like Oh uh, yeah, I think I'm ready to be out. And then, like the next day, he's posting like thank you messages to the the community and the players and the teammates yeah. and the association. I'm like, oh wow. So then I assumed like, all right, news is coming soon. Like this guy's already, he's out. Like he's already said his goodbyes. Like I don't know if you can even bring him back after all of this. Now, uh, it'll be awkward. We'll see. Uh, I don't know where it is. I don't know where his destination is. All right, uh, wrapping everything off. Is there anything we didn't didn't touch on that you you wanted to get to? Uh, just just a little Celtic stuff. Just want to talk Grant Williams uh, a little bit. He got traded. Uh, was kind of odd. I think it was more of we weren't. He wasn't gonna resign with us, so we were at least able to get a couple second round picks. But I think I liked uh, Grant more than more than you did. Uh, he was definitely a, a quirky guy. I think he got under some of the some of the teammates' skin a little bit. But I think it was more uh, more in good fun. And I think he might have been the uh, the guy that maybe everybody else kind of rallies together kind of uh, against is like the annoying little brother but uh without him i don't think we beat milwaukee in game seven last year pretty much i think milwaukee's game plan was we're gonna stop everybody else and grant is gonna be open in the corner and if he's gonna beat us he'll, that's what we're gonna live and die with and that's how they died and he i think he had like 27 points but i thought he was a uh uh I thought thought it was he was a good player. He definitely uh, improved. I liked having him on the team. Both you know he could hit that that corner three for a while. He had the the highest three point percentage from the corner, and despite being undersized, would still go up and battle with uh, Embiid and uh, and uh, the the other the other bigs in the, in the league that we we needed him to go against. Uh, I, I think he kind of got a little uh, left out to dry as you know as you know the scapegoat when he was trying to go at Jimmy Butler, but. I, I still I think we talked about it at the time that it, it's not his fault that you know Jimmy Butler woke up. I, I think that he, you know he's he's just playing basketball and he, he cares. He cares, and at times that was that has been a struggle for us. So it, it's definitely going to be interesting going into next year 
I think losing two of the guys I think cared more. Yeah, I, I mentioned to you uh, privately on a message uh, yesterday that the the Celtics have traded back for guys that we didn't want to resign, and it's it's kind of drove me crazy a little bit. Where it was like, ah, right, we don't want to pay Horford, and then like two years later we trade for the contract that we didn't want to pay Horford on, and then we did like the same thing with Tice and. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if we do the same thing with Grant, where if this starts not working out in Dallas and he falls out of the rotation and his value is just suddenly shot, I'm sure other teams will have interest, but I think he would have the most effectiveness and the most value on, on the team that he was on last year and the team that we have this did year. You, uh, did you see how much how much money he got or like what the structure of the deal was? Uh, I want to say it was four years, $54 million. I didn't see what the okay. year, what they were on a year thing. That seems that seems like a, that seems excellent. I mean, he's young, so it's not you know four years. He's old or anything, and to keep, keep that almost seems like when we signed uh, uh, Robert Williams of no, not crazy money, but you know, co- kind of cost controlled, and to have that for four years, I, I wouldn't be surprised if things go south in uh, in Dallas if he gets traded because that that seems like a a very palatable contract number. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna help Dallas. I don't know how it's gonna work in Dallas. What if Dallas hates him like immediately? Like how do how do we get rid of this guy? Uh, all right, a couple free agents that uh, I have that are just left over here. I just wrote. Down, I looked at a list of guys that are still available, and there may be rumors of these guys being signed, but I haven't I haven't seen anything official. But uh, I got a couple restricted free agents, and I've got a couple unrestricted free agents, and I just wonder if if the Celtics or whoever's left should maybe kind of try and scoop these guys up. Now they might not be able to scoop them up because they might not have the money to do it. But at some point, these guys are just un- unemployed, and they, it's better to be on a team than not on a team. So, I don't know. We'll see. Restricted free agents. Uh, Paul Reed, P.J. Washington, A.O. Dusumo. I always screw that one up. Uh, all restricted yeah. free agents. All guys that I think could really help a team. Uh, P.J. is certainly going to be the more expensive one of all that. Paul Reed was the backup for Philly last year, and we actually faced him in the playoffs in a couple games that Embiid didn't play. and. I thought he played pretty pretty well. Uh, I think in terms of solid backup of all that, I, I I have some interest in all of these guys right now. I just don't know what the price tag is going to be for any of them. But uh, what would you would you have any interest in them going to the Celtics? I, I mean, at this point, it's it's really fringe moves. We've made made the main moves, so I mean, we didn't even talk about uh, O'Shea Brissett. But I, I think we're we, we got to be pretty pretty full on on the team. I mean, maybe some. Summer league guys or something, but I don't think we're getting any more actual rotation players. All right. Unrestricted free agents left. Austin Rivers, Terrence Ross, Will Barton, TJ Warren, Christian Wood. Kicking the rocks in any of those. You mean Kicking. podcasting all-star Austin Rivers? He's he's a free agent, unrestricted. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to pick him up. He is uh, kind of having less and less of a role. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the, you know, the podcasts and maybe moving more into the, to the media side of things. Yeah. All right. Well, that kind of wraps who, up. Who else, who else was on the list? Austin rivers, Terrence Ross, Will Barton, TJ Warren, Christian Wood. They're not a sexy group. That's why they're the, the nah. leftovers. I wrote, that's what yeah, I wrote yeah. them down as this is the leftovers. For some reason, that's, that's, Christian Wood seems the the most interesting out of all of them, but I can't quite put my, my finger on why. I love Christian Wood. I think he would be great for the Celtics. He has a unique personality. He just needs to be put in a room with a bunch of adults and told, 
shut up and play basketball, and he'll be fine. I, I, I think he could. And we have we have a room full of adults. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I could see that. I, I would have gave him the money that Houston gave him uh, however many years ago. I, I was all in on him for that. I just think he, he has a really wide skill set. He just has a lack of motivation or a questionable motor. I, I don't know how else to describe it other than he has some just head-scratching decision-making. It's it's not bad when it does works. He own, does he own any snakes? I, I don't know. Is that is that a red flag? <laughs> That's a red flag. Dwight Howard owned a bunch of snakes. I, I didn't realize that was a red flag. I'll I'll add that yeah, to the, oh, big time. the the dating yeah. profile. I'm not looking for snakes. No 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 snakes. Yeah, mark mark that down. Uh all right, well, that's going to wrap up the NBA talk for all this. Did you want to get in any of the travel talk? Or, you know, it's summertime. we got podcast after podcast. we got content to fill right now. We've already gone over the no, hour today. We'll, we'll, we'll do that a little uh, little more fully on a uh, on a podcast later later this summer. More, bigger ge- general thoughts on Europe. I don't want to try to jam it in right here at the end. All right. Yeah, no. No No worries. Yeah, yeah just yeah, the, main, just the main takeaway for here is I survived, and I'm back in America. Yeah, and it's it's all the same. Twitter's gone. The Celtics have Porzingis. Marcus Smart is gone, and the, the whole world has turned upside down while you were gone for two well, weeks. Gone. Two weeks. You knew it though. We knew it when we would when, when you when, left for yeah. all this. Like, all right, so and that's why we yeah we had a plan. I said yeah, I was gonna get back on Thursday, and I want to do the podcast and you know to recap. And I I feel uh, we did a we did a great job of letting the listeners know what's going on, and now I feel. Like I'm much more recovered and you know catching up. It's like almost like you had to catch up like on homework and schoolwork and regular work, and now I've caught up on on the NBA, and now I can I can you know be in my normal my normal routine. Now you really went on like a legit like radio sports radio r- vacation. Like you're back at summer league starts. You you, didn't, you yeah. didn't miss anything. You missed like all the news. You can get caught up with on a one podcast like this. Like it's exciting in the moment, yeah. but. I'm really just waiting for announcements. There's nothing exciting about all that. There's no basketball watching. Yeah, any yeah, of I don't think actually, yeah. No, the, the timing could not have been better. Like right after the finals and now summer league starting and there'll be uh, actual, you'll actually be able to watch the players play. Oh, I know. I, I, there's, there was some NFL news as well. I don't know. We don't need to get into that today, but. Oh, man, we're going to have to talk Patriots soon and I'm not looking forward to it. It's going to be all year and the, the listeners are going to hate it. Like we need to become fans of a different team or something, or at least something that's winning right now. I, I don't think they can handle all the the misery and the losing. I think they love it. <laughs> they're real. They're real New England fans. Then if they they truly enjoy the the suffering, that's that's a real. I sports think fan. they enjoy. I think they enjoy us suffering. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Um. All right. Anything you want to add to the people out there? Excited for summer league. Excited to see the uh, the new Celtics uh, guys and some of the the young guys, and just kind of see what's going on. Definitely uh, excited for Wemby and uh, Chet. You'll get to see the two number one picks from the past couple of years, and you know just just you know just summertime basketball. You know it's, the stakes are low. You just after the finals, just you just kind of ease on into it. Just kind of something to something to watch. I have no idea what my expectations should be for Wemby. I mean Keegan Murray, known good NBA player, goes for forty one. What should be the expectation stat line for like Wemby? Like I'm just thinking like ten and twelve is like solid. Like I don't think it needs to be anything like astonishing. I think it's got to be more than that. All right, fifteen and ten, maybe two blocks. I'm saying twenty and ten. Twenty and 20 ten. Twenty and ten, multi- multiple blocks. Got to have like a couple of dunks or like some 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 highlights. But 
you know, it's not that long ago, Woj was saying he was the best prospect of all time in any sport. So if he comes in and there isn't some flashes of, oh, oh boy, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to get ugly. All right, well, we'll wait and see. And we will be back uh, Monday. I don't know when we'll be back. Monday? Monday. We'll be back Monday. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs>